0: chapter ten of armand durand by rosanna le Proven. this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by bruce Peary. after stopping a moment in front of mr martel's door the following morning to say a word of farewell to his brother paul jolted homeward the train of his thoughts more or less tinged with his reflections of the previous night arrived at the old homestead he was besieged with questions as to how he had found armand how he was looking and what he was doing and alas for human nature he contrived whilst keeping to a certain degree within the bounds of truth to answer in such a manner as to show his brother and his surroundings in the least favorable light he was smoking chatting with a couple of fine gentlemen friends who from their talk must be frequent visitors of his he was dressed in the height of the fashion looking exceedingly gay and not at all like one who studied too hard or worried his mind unnecessarily with professional problems the father looked somewhat grave at this for he thought of the many temptations into which ill-chosen companions might lead his inexperienced son but mrs Ratelle was quite satisfied that he should rank with gentlemen dress look like them for after all he would be one of them there was no saying what high social position he was destined to fill bah sneered paul perhaps to spend his life haunting the courthouse looking always to my father to pay for the very kid gloves with which he covers his dainty hands son paul be not so ready to find fault with your elder brother he has as yet given me no cause for mistrust or uneasiness said durand no all the other way interrupted mrs ratelle glancing indignantly towards her nephew who carried off the highest honors at college who was publicly praised by his professors for industry and good conduct paul durand can it be that you are jealous of your elder brother oh miséricorde ejaculated paul i give in i retract i apologize anything you wish tante francoise so you will let us have peace father for mercy's sake lend me a pipe and a little tobacco mrs ratel made no reply to this speech but the warlike defiant manner in which her knitting needles clashed together plainly betrayed that her ruffled feelings were still unsoothed meanwhile that subtle enchantress de was quietly endeavouring all the time to weave her spells around our hero and he at last began to discern and appreciate in some degree her beauty and grace after his attention had been as it were forcibly attracted towards them by the praise and wonderment of all his friends who had seen her to these latter she was very distant indeed cold and never answered by smile or encouraging word to any of the compliments that were gallantly whispered to her by passing admirers but for armand there was always a soft blush a timid look or gentle inflection in her voice that plainly betrayed she took a deep interest in him gradually a friendly intimacy was springing up between them chiefly the result of their residence under the same roof often in the long evenings of winter which had now come on them he spent a couple of hours in the family sitting-room reading aloud or perhaps playing a game of draughts with delima who was no mean adversary had he been less inexperienced in life or more suspicious in temperament he could not have helped noticing the remarkable dexterity with which mrs martel contrived to farther the growing friendship between himself and her pretty young cousin pressing mr armand on stormy snowy nights when there was little fear of interruption to leave his lonely room for a little while and join their circle of which delima always occupied with her sewing formed a member then she would compassionately bid the latter put down that work at which she was eternally stitch stitching and perhaps mr armand would kindly play a game of drafts with her very frequently too mrs martel was obliged to absent herself in the course of the evening to look as she alleged after household duties but the grave propriety of the young people during these frequent hegiras was irreproachable and must if that astute matron was watching them from some hidden corner have highly edified her during the winter armand studied closely enough going out however to social gatherings occasionally and indulging in no more expensive dissipation than was comprised in an occasional oyster supper partaken of with his student friends the number of caracats sacrificed during these harmless revels was so considerable that it would be hardihood to state it on paper lest the sum total should be looked on as an exaggeration one keen wintry afternoon as armand was hanging up his overcoat having just returned from the office an old college chum for whom he had never felt any particular friendship but who had nevertheless persisted in keeping up the acquaintance called to invite him to an oyster banquet my address he jocosely added is a small wooden house st mary street up three flights of steps first door opening on the garret now armand partly expected his brother on that particular evening from the contents of a letter received the preceding day but as it had snowed heavily for some time he began to think the fear of heavy roads would have induced him to defer his journey at least such was the view taken of the matter by robert l'esperance when armand pleaded his brother's expected arrival as an excuse for declining the invitation feeling in reality no great desire to join the set he would meet the members of which were probably of a much faster stamp than he was himself but l'esperance begged insisted adroitly hinting that of course durand was accustomed to wealthier and more aristocratic entertainments till armand out of good nature finally yielded a reluctant consent when our hero sallied forth first leaving precise directions where he could be found in case of paul's arrival it was considerably past the appointed hour but he had wished to give his brother every possible chance l'esperance's jocular description of his abode was pretty near the truth and armand's head nearly came in contact with the low-browed door on entering the noise that saluted his ears was deafening long loud bursts of laughter occasional snatches of song convivial cheers and an occasional sound as of a double shuffle executed by heavy boots on a bare floor betokened that mirth even at this early stage of the proceedings reigned triumphant there was but a momentary lull on armand's entrance during which he excused his late arrival and the host accounted for the uproar by explaining that in order to prevent his guests falling on the bivalves and incontinently causing their complete disappearance before mr durand's arrival he had challenged them to see if they could not get up a little merriment without any extraneous aid in the shape of refreshments liquid or solid the result had proved satisfactory enough to excite a natural anxiety in any reflecting mind as to what height the general joviality would attain when stimulated by the banquet which l'esperance with one of his friends was now occupied in preparing the apartment in which armand found himself was very different to his own neatly furnished exquisitely clean room of small size low with ceiling and woodwork discolored by time and smoke there was no attempt at ornament except a few rude colored prints of lady dancers with preternaturally pink cheeks and short full skirts side by side with a likeness of a noted boxer and some famous french clown in one corner was a large painted chest containing the host's wardrobe and answering also as a library being piled with dusty venerable-looking volumes in another a fishing-rod and pair of rusty foils o'erarched a cracked mirror suspended against the wall and so small that l'esperance frequently declared he could only see his features in detail one at a time a pair of snow-shoes placed at angles ornamented one window whilst a toboggan partly blocked up the other a clean though rough table probably borrowed for the occasion from downstairs filled up a great part of the chamber some black bottles containing liquids stronger than montreal ale flanked each end a few coarse towels a lame cruet stand two empty pails on the floor to receive the shells and all was complete we must not overlook the great variety displayed in the matter of drinking vessels a few common tumblers two blue delf mugs and three teacups presented variety if not elegance suddenly the host assuming a grave expression of countenance exclaimed and now gentlemen for an important question washed or not washed not washed of course shouted several voices let them come on the board with their native mud around them so much the better for my amiable landlady beside whom gorgon and medusa would have been agreeable and charming informed me a short while ago that i should have to wash them myself here friend pierre as your mouth is always open either singing or shouting you will probably swallow the most so help me to carry them in no sooner said than done from some gloomy nook outside probably the garret the pair soon reappeared bearing between them a huge tray piled high with dainty caraquettes. now friends to the attack i have but two legitimate weapons of warfare and he flourished above his head two dingy oyster knives, one of which I reserve for myself as lord of the manor, the other for monsieur durand as the latest accession to our select and cheerful circle. There are several dinner knives, a screwdriver, no bad substitute, I assure you, if well sharpened, and a jack-knife. So choose, gentlemen, choose, unless some of you have come ready armed probably foreseeing from experience a similar contingency a couple of the guests actually drew oyster knives from their pockets whilst others had good stout jack knives almost equally serviceable and the onset commenced after some time the door opened and a sharp-featured grim-looking specimen of the softer sex entered bearing a large jug of steaming water in her hand ah many thanks la Mere. Heartily ejaculated l'esperance. Now, whoever wants punch can have it. But see, dear Madame urtot if you could possibly lend us a couple of tumblers instead of these teacups, no matter how hot or strong we make the beverage, we cannot for the life of us help thinking Tis tea we are drinking all the time. The consequence is we take occasionally too much. That you would always do in any case, and she sourly smiled yourself and friends cracked two glasses the last orgy you held here and you have not paid me for them yet though i intend you shall do so when settling for the month's rent yes my dear lady and it shall be done even if i have to raise the necessary funds by public subscription he rejoined with imperturbable good-humour if madame can wait a moment we shall send round the hat at once gravely urged an undersized merry-looking youth who had already with no better implement than a rusty table-knife accumulated a fair pile of shells before him then it's precious little you'd put in it georges Leroy was the retort accompanied by a look of withering scorn tis always the worst wheel of the cart that creaks the loudest your quotation is old and stale madame try again and strike out something original and new disdaining farther reply the hostess retreated slamming the door behind her with a violence that made the carakets shake in their shells and the ballet girls on the walls over the scene we will not linger much longer for a time there was really some very excellent singing glees duets with a full effective chorus but as the cracked tumblers and mugs more frequently circulated the organs of time and tune in most of the singers seemed to become singularly obtuse and the result was highly distressing to a critical ear indeed the mirth was becoming every moment more noisy and uproarious the oysters having been disposed of and the shells pushed into a corner a couple of the guests were executing a pas de deux in the middle of them whistling their own accompaniment another had climbed on the table and was shouting at the top of his stentorian lungs some pathetic sentimental ballad whilst the hum of voices ringing of glasses and peals of laughter filled up the measure of noise in the midst of this turmoil the landlady flung open the door gruffly exclaiming you'll find him in there young man and paul durand was ushered into the room at first he could scarcely see or be seen through the dense clouds of tobacco smoke filling the apartment but in a moment his hand was grasped in armand's the singer descended from his impromptu orchestra and the dancers now thoroughly out of breath sat down regrets were expressed over the entire disappearance of the oysters but the black bottles still contained what their host called some drops of comfort with which Pole was at once provided, as well as with a well-filled pipe. Perceiving the uproar was again recommencing more furiously than ever, Armand begged leave to retire with the newcomer, as they had much to say to each other, and after noisy good nights and farewells, the brothers descended the stairs and set off under a bright moonlight sky, the glittering white snow crackling pleasantly beneath their feet you seem to have got into a pretty lively set said paul dryly tis my first evening among them and i did not think i'll be in a hurry to try a second one for i could not stand much of such noisy enjoyment my head is aching already faugh no wonder coughed paul such a miserable dirty den i wonder what tante francoise with her aristocratic leanings would say could she have had a peep in there tonight another sort of gentry to the white-handed witty young dandies i found you with last time i must confess the latter are far more to my taste but how are they all at home father is not well confined to his bed by rheumatism and rather low-spirited aunt francoise is busy coddling and nursing him and i general administrator of the farm business tis well i am not tied to a town office just now or affairs would not go on as smoothly as they do armand readily coincided in this opinion and when they were comfortably seated beside the brightly polished stove in the best parlor of the three kings he took the letter paul handed him and entered on its perusal it was much briefer than such home-missives generally were and there was an unusual querulousness in the hopes it contained that armand was endeavoring to profit of his time and of the money he was costing glancing also at the great service's Paul rendered them at home and thanking providence he was with them whatever was unusual about this epistle armand sat down to the physical suffering under which the writer was laboring and he and his brother talked more earnestly and quietly than was their wont of home affairs and family matters End of chapter ten